listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. All right. Welcome to episode 55 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Asan Godwin, and Latham Conger III. Merry well, Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. No guests tonight, and we're going to simply enjoy each other's companies as best we can and discuss our own personal happy holiday Hell. films. Oh, okay. <laughs> now go for about three minutes. Go for about three minutes. Yeah. Wow, humbug. When we uh when we decided to do a Christmas show, uh we went back and forth on on what exactly we were going to uh talk about. Uh and we, we settled on uh on picking each of us picking a, a holiday film that we enjoy. Let's say maybe not uh love, but at least enjoy. And uh so we we did three movies. We're doing each gonna pick our own movie and, and dissect it that way. But first, as always, we will suffer from consumption. Hassan, what did you watch? Uh, I watched the the Netflix uh, Yorkshire Ripper mm. uh, docu series or whatever yep. you call it. Yeah, I want to watch. Which that. was pretty intense. Um, How many yeah, episodes? Not, four. I think there's four. I okay. think either four or five, and. Um, <clears throat> It's just another one of those situations where it becomes much less about about the the killer and the victims and more about the procedures taken to try to catch him. Yeah, you know, and um, that's a I mean that's a discussion in and of itself. I mean it's a it's a deep one, but you can only have it with people who've already seen. Yeah, it. yeah, it's, it's definitely it's in my queue to watch. I want to want to check that out. I saw it after that. I watched uh, Latham's uh, Murder on Middle Beach, mm-hmm. which again, same situation. Uh, I will say that left me a little less enthru- enthused um, than uh, than the Ripper series. Okay, just because I didn't I didn't quite understand the nature of why that documentary existed. And oh. again, we we could discuss it when you see it. Yeah. Um, then I watched uh, Manhunt: Deadly Games, which I I take it is a is an ongoing series with a, like an anthology series. It's a it's a television show. It's a drama on Netflix. Is that um, the one that the first season was about the guy who was hunting uh, with Sam with Sam? Uh, what's his? Uh, I can't think of his name now. Um, shit. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't I don't know the actor. I've seen him a hundred times before. But he's a he's a bomb he's an ATF bomb expert. Yes. Um and uh it's I it I the think first season they were hunting the Unabomber. The Unabomber, yeah. And they okay. and they allude to that, but I think it's different a different cast hunting the Unabomber than it is. It's not like a dramatization where this guy, this same guy was on both cases, but I don't right. know for certain. And I got caught up in Deadly Games because I saw a clip of it. And uh, the the ATF agent, you know, bomb expert comes in and he's schooling the FBI about like they're standing on um they're standing on evidence and because the FBI is is really throwing its weight around and and being jurisdictional, and and you know basically dickish and he just Sam you know, Worthington. He, I'm sorry, that's who I was thinking of. Sam Worthington. Okay, yeah, which is the the Unabomber one, right? Yes, that's the previous yeah. one. Okay, yeah, because he's not in this this the second. Oh, okay. okay. And he's basically he basically just, you know, kind of rolls out his bona fides as, you know, as a bomb, as a 20 year uh, veteran of of bomb, you know, forensics. 
And so that kind of got me like, oh, all right, I'll watch this. You know, it was interesting. And I ended up going down the rabbit hole for the whole series. And it was really good. Um, it, it was, it's Richard Jewell. It was a Richard Jewell situation, if you remember. Yeah. However, which, is, which was very strange because we just got a movie yeah. on Richard Jewell. So I don't know why they decided to retread this, but I guess it it does mainly focus more on the bombs and the and the and the and the serial bomber and the damage that he does. And I think the Richard Jewell storyline is kind of secondary. You know, so there's fallout from the from from the FBI accusing Richard Jewell or or oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. or um, what is it uh, tacitly accusing him? Right. You know, through through the press. Yeah. Um, and also, Carla Gugino plays the the reporter. Um, oh, right. Drugs, I think yeah. her name was, which was played by Olivia Wilde in the in the movie. And yeah. I didn't, I haven't seen Eastwood's uh, Richard Jewell movie. It's good. Um, I'm sure it is. <clears throat> What's his name? Uh, the guy from Shit. I'm so sorry uh, because I don't have the cast. Uh, Paul Bettany. Memorized. Not Paul Bettany. Um... The guy from Man Mine Hunter, who plays uh, who is the the killer that Holden goes to visit. Uh, oh yeah, um, he plays uh, Richard Jewell, his character, and oh, he okay. is he is excellent. You know, he's, I mean, he's remarkably excellent. I don't know, I don't know how the character is portrayed in the Eastwood movie, but it, it's his portrayal of Richard Jewell made me interested in seeing that movie. So, if you having seen the Richard Jewell film. Uh, that Eastwood did. I'll tell you this. If you go back and look at any stock footage of Richard Jewell in interviews or stuff like that, that he did at the time, uh, you'll be a little shocked at how closely how yeah, that guy closer. nailed it. Really? Uh, Cameron Britton is yeah. the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Also, J.O. Sanders is in it. Jack, uh, Jack Hudson is in it from, um, from Boardwalk Empire, which is great. Judith Light is in it. Who is fantastic yeah. as R- Richard Jewell's mother. Right, right. And like I said, Carla Gino, um, a bunch of a great. bunch of other people that you, yeah, yeah, she, you can't go wrong. Arliss Howard plays the ATF agent. It is, it's really good stuff. It gets a little. Nick Cersei also is in it. He's a oh. he's a town sheriff. Nice. Uh, who you know again is is a couple of steps ahead of the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh, in, in this portrayal? Neither of you have watched Mank yet, right? Okay. I watched. I started watching and I fell asleep. Um because I was tired, not because of the movie itself. So I have to rewatch it, which is why I never mentioned that I, that I saw maybe a third of it. Gotcha. Um, but it was, what I saw was fantastic so far. I just got to right. go back in. It's heavy though. It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's heavy stuff. Yep. Oh, and also Roxanne Hart is in this, you know, oh, like there's a, it's a, I used a, to love Roxanne Hart. Yeah. She, she, the girl from Highlander. Yes. Yeah. She plays, uh, Arliss, how she, uh, Arliss Howard's wife. They're great. It's a great, it's a good show. It's very 90s. It's very, um, uh, it's very forensics files kind of thing where it's that kind of, it's a standard drama, mm-hmm. you know, but it, you, you do get caught up in it very easily. So okay. it was, it's really good. I watched uh, on, because we got, because uh, Roku got uh, HBO Max finally. Yeah. Uh, I watched Two Weeks to Live with uh, uh, Maisie Williams. And a bunch of other British people that I don't recognize. Um, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, it's a that's an insane show. I think there's only four episodes of that. And uh, Maisie Williams' mother uh, in that show was one of those people who was convinced the world was going to end. So she grabbed her daughter and and hightailed it to the to the woods in Scotland, and they lived off the grid and. Most of the series is Maisie Williams running away from her her mother to to experience the real world. Oh, but it's also a comedy, and she's also a survival expert. So she's like a bull in a, t- a china shop, you know, kind of situation. Gotcha. Fish out of water. It's really good. It it uh, the humor does land. It's it's very well done. Um, I watched an episode of The Expanse, the the the, the most recent episode of The Expanse, which is. I mean, I, I can't say enough uh, good things about it. Cool. Since we're doing this Thursday, uh, I've seen two episodes of uh, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery, since ah, uh, right. since our last time. <laughs> I watched the 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 movie, uh, the Amelia Clark movie, uh, Last Christmas, which is pretty oh. good. <laughs> All right, okay. never mind. 
I watched a documentary called Beyond Braveheart, which was narrated by Brian Cox about oh, uh, everything nice. that uh, that Robert Bruce did after the Battle of uh, Bannockburn. And uh, has that uh, movie, basic did did that movie did uh, did the Bruce movie come out yet? It yeah, it came and it came and went. I okay, think I have right. it somewhere. All right. All right. Um, I never really got through it. Yeah, not because it's bad. It's just it's just kind of another slow burn movie where you're just like I, I there's other stuff happening. My house right. is on fire. I got to right. I got to <laughs> right. deal with that. But the Beyond Braveheart uh, documentary basically says that Robert the Bruce and the the Scots were bastards. <laughs> yeah, after <laughs> after they won their independence, so it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Shocker. <laughs> I watched the horror movie because it was movie night. I, I, we watched uh, You Better Watch Out, which is the Australian. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. It was interesting. Yes, it was. Let's see what else. Yeah, that's that. And then I also just last night I watched uh, Midnight Sky with George Clooney. Oh, you watched it already? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to watch that. It's really good. There's a there's a flaw I found in it, but I'm not going to say anything because that that'll affect okay. everybody else. Um, but it just it was it's not really a story flaw. It's just a well, why'd that happen kind of situation. Uh, but um, but it's 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 very solid. It's very good drama. It's it's kind of deep and also the, is the it a, effects is it are a, really good. Is it a Kirk getting kicked off the ship and landed on a moon where Spock happens to be marooned kind of flaw? No, okay. it is not. It All is right. not that egregious. It's, 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 it's not. It's, it's not two points where it have to meet, and they're like, "Well, let's just make this happen." Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just drop him on a. Like, let's just say sometimes it's freaky things happen, and then just yeah. talk it up to that, and let's get on with the movie. Strange coincidence. There's a there's a there's a choice that Clooney makes, and you're and it's a, you're with him when he makes it, but then that when it resolves, you're like, oh, "Why? Why do you do that?" You know, and that's uh, one okay. of those. That's all. Okay. Um. But it's really good. It's really solid. Um, good, good. I'm looking. So forward to yeah. That. So those were my movies. That was my. Yeah, I'll definitely see that before next week. Well, was, yeah, it's 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 on the it's right up front in Netflix. So oh yeah. It's, I guess yeah, no, I, I guess was, they're was, pushing it really hard. I was actually gonna watch it yesterday because I knew it was. I've been waiting for that to come out, and I uh, I just got tied up with a bunch of other stuff and forgot about right. it, and I didn't even turn on Netflix last night because we were the other two movies were already set to roll. So yeah, I'm looking forward to News of the World. With uh, uh, John yes. Hanks, yeah, which is I think coming to drop in tomorrow somewhere in the ether. Nice, um, and uh, yeah, so I think it's in theaters, but hopefully it's uh, it's also going to stream somewhere. So we'll see. Yeah, I, uh, Wonder Woman's already opened in China, so I'm I'm I keep waiting for a version of that to show up online somewhere because I figure it can't be long. Uh, probably. Well, if you have a, I mean, it'll be out tomorrow anyway. So yeah, it'll be at three o'clock this morning. Three o'clock, o'clock tomorrow morning. morning, yeah, on uh, on um, HBO Max. Everybody, that's a mix, mixed mixed uh, reactions to it. Really, uh, ah, really interesting to see. I'm, I'm sure I'll have. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will enjoy it. Just because. But uh, so there you go. That's um, we have all suffered. <laughs> 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 so next, we'll jump into Hassan's choice uh, as favorite Christmas film. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. They're staying at home. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. We're gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You... Woo! Crack up. Nineteen eighty-nine, directed by Jeremiah Chechik, with a running time of ninety-seven minutes. The Griswolds are back as Clark decides to stay home and have a good old-fashioned family Christmas at home. As as one would expect with a vacation film, he gets all he wishes for and then some. Hassan, why is this your favorite Christmas film? 
All right, so it's no secret that I'm not a big Christmas person. And um really? So your green yeah. screen would suggest otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna put some tinsel on it for for the show, but that's I did, funny. I to, um but this movie, first of all, the European vacation was not a great movie as far as I was concerned. <sighs> oh so I loved I love Star was Lampage. great in that analogy. The, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I liked National Lampoon's Vacation. I loved it. Um, and then this one was started out just as a, you know, well, this one's better than this one's better than European Vacation, at least, right? <laughs> and then over the years, it's just one of those movies that just keep that just keeps working on you. Like it's like you like it initially because it's not terrible. And then eventually you start to really love it for what it actually is. You know, Clark Griswold is the quintessential underdog. You know, some, you know, some of it is his own doing, but a lot of it is like sort of like George Bailey, like just he's a victim of, you know, circumstance. In Griswold's case, he's the victim of, you know, hapless being encumbered with hapless beings who are there to, you know, ruin his idea of the perfect whatever that's the that's the ongoing theme on a regular basis that he is his own worst enemy because he has he over idealizes everything and then when every when the normal people can't live up to his ideals he's you know he's dismayed and depressed by it and that's that runs all the way from from vacation to christmas vacation anybody who's kind of sem you know semi got a uh an issue with or kind of a dubious uh, uh, relationship with the universe can kind of identify with Clark, you know, in his, in his attempts to make everything great. And the universe seems to conspire against him. Um, even though the more you mature, the more you realize that, you know, the, the, the problem is you. So his family basically, especially in Christmas vacation, <laughs> yeah, in his, especially in Christmas vacation, his family, kind of just stays out of his way because he's like this you know there's this affable bull in the china shop like he's gonna just make this the greatest ever he's gonna get the biggest tree ever he's gonna you know he's gonna that sleigh ride where he's he's coating his sled with the the whatever the the, the slick surface accelerant whatever because he wants to have the greatest you know sleigh ride in human history and it turns into a nightmare for him the the, the bonus that he's waiting for so that he could put in a pool, which is his idea of the, the greatest Christmas gift that he could give his family. But he's guaranteed um, he that he's going to get this bonus. And of course the universe conspires against him that the company for this, the first time in what 20 years has decided not to give away Christmas bonuses. There's just a bunch of stuff in it that in, and, and Chevy Chase is so brilliant. It just like in, in in a strange way, just like uh, Jimmy Stewart, he's so brilliant at being the the cause of his own misery, but still being, in my opinion, still still being a protagonist, still being sympathetic, and that you know he, he just goes too far, um, and it's also very you know it's a wonderful like you know fluffy Christmas atmosphere, the the Randy Quaid's children who never had a good Christmas. You know, Clark makes it his business to to try to give them uh, a, a wonderful Christmas, even though he can't stand Randy Quaid. <laughs> there, I just I love this movie for a thousand reasons. That that's really hard because it's not really a it's not really a solid film. It's it's all over the place, really, in in narrative. Um, but all the jokes still land with me. I love the film. It's. Um, it's probably my uh, my attitude about Christmas that it's one of the few Christmas movies that I will that I will I will tolerate, except for you know Die Hard or Lethal yeah, yeah. Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure yourself. you were still listening. <laughs> How dare you, sir! <laughs> How dare you, sir! <laughs> It's, I, I just love the film. I think it's, I, I could totally get it if people are like, this film is crap. It's just one of my favorite films. It's a guilty pleasure. It's, um, 
it's I I still think the jokes are funny. I still quote the jokes with uh with some of my friends. Uh, that 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 rant that he goes on at the end when he finds out he's not going to get his uh his bonus is literally just just comedy gold, right? The, and the high the point movie. of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Merry Christmas, holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? You know that that sums up the whole thing for me in general. What's his, what's his wife's name? Beverly uh, D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. Why? How did I forget that? Beverly D'Angelo is just his partner in crime in all these movies, yeah, and she's, she's unsung. She's, she's amazing. To- yeah, she's she's totally. I mean, she's got the thankless job because she's not genuinely allowed to to chew scenery like Chevy Chase is, but she's got all the the subtle um, quirks of a wife that's like that loves her husband but just has to put up with his insanity on a regular basis. Right. It's just she, fantastic. She's still the supportive wife. She sees his insanity and loves him regardless. It right. has nothing to do with anything. That's just part of the package, you know. And she and you know she does her best to to try and, and steer him. And actually, in some ways, she a lot she doesn't. You know, she just kind of reacts to a lot of the things he does and just does her best to sort of like try and get a pillow there so that when he <laughs> lands, he doesn't you know hurt himself too badly. And then there's other stupid things in this film, like the their oh, yeah. their great aunt who wraps up presents, you know, who who wraps up items in her house to give away as presents because she doesn't have any money. Right. Like full disclosure, I had an aunt like that. <laughs> she used to, <laughs> to bring stuff that you knew you saw on her mantelpiece the last time you were at her house, you That's know. Awesome. And then so you have to subtly like slip it back in her bag before she leaves, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. that she could take it home. Just little goofy things like that that you know that I love, and I think I, uh, you know, uh, that the squirrel scene, which is ridiculously stupid but great, the how the 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 grandfather just burns down their their tree, you know, right? So he chop, and then that's that's the one time Beverly D'Angelo breaks with him when he goes to to cut the tree down in the in the in the front snaps, yard. Yeah, yeah, I I love the film, and so that's all I can say about it. I will totally take the roasting that may or may not be coming next from either one of you. But I, I just love the film. Lay, would you like to uh, weigh in? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, bring it, bring it, Latham. After, after listening to Hassan, it's it's like we're discussing, uh, you know, some existential film by uh, Terrence Malick or something. The uh, important the thing to remember what's... is that Hassan likes this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess they go into it biased because I'm not a fan of the vacation films. I, I, despite some good scenes in the first one, I think that movie's really uneven. Uh, the European vacation one. Oh, unwatchable. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's hard it's to watch. It's not good. Uh, the, I mean, Vegas vacation is, is just. Again. There, there's like one funny joke. There's like a raft floating on a river of diarrhea for the whole film. And at one point the raft is like, not covered with anything and the rest <laughs> of the film is just shit it's just utter shit uh, i Fair. hate that well this one um so i i just i guess i just don't find it funny i there are funny scenes but uh, uh hassan's point it, it's not structured very well and seems to be just you know spotty scenes along a timeline and and when the funny scene comes to light, it's noticeable, but yes. it instantly, you know, then you're detached again with the filler that comes in between. And that's what, that's what bothers me about it. it easily the highlight scene is his rant. I mean, that's just, that's classic Chevy Chase. And, and, you know, it, it probably comes a little bit too late down the line. Uh, but that's where I guess that's where it should be at that point. But that and where the chief of police some... threatens to beat the guy with a rubber hose. Those two moments are my favorite. If moment. I had a rubber hose, <laughs> yeah, I would beat you. <laughs> There's, you know, the the more frantic dialogue scenes in the movie with people becoming unhinged. Those, you know, those, obviously those are those are the funnier moments. I just. I don't even, it doesn't even, it barely feels like a Christmas movie to me. The Christmas elements of it are so gimmicky that it, it just never, never connects in a, a, 
in a way that makes me would want, would want to watch this film every Christmas. I, I have a close friend who th- that's their, her and her husband's ritual is to yeah. watch it every Christmas. And you know, that, that, that's their movie to watch. And I found a lot of things online with people uh, was having quotes like that. If this is like their, their, their yearly watch was this movie. It's, it's a real easy watch. So you don't, you know, people that don't want to cry at the end of it, it's a wonderful life. I guess this is the antidote where you just go in and there's uplifting moments. There's funny moments. There's, you know, it's a roller coaster of emotions and in the end you come out feeling happy or at least laughing a little bit. So, you know, all the people involved, all the actors are fine. I don't have a problem with any of them. Um, I just, it, it just doesn't fully resonate with me. I've seen it successive times now. I think I've probably seen it three or four times in my life. That's all. Uh, but it doesn't, I want it to get better. I want it to like it better because I know other people really appreciate it. And it, it's stuck at like two and a fourth star for me. It's way down. So, well, uh, you can go to hell. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a great idea for a Christmas movie. No, I mean, I totally get it. I told, you know, like it's a, Lathan, the other go, choice Lathan, was go, uh, go watch Krampus. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> Son and I are usually on the same wavelength that more films. This one, I just, uh, I'm trying to, I get it. I, I mean, look, a bad time in my life. You know what? I'm, now that I think about it, I was in prison when I saw this movie. <laughs> That's why I associate with being a terrible film. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the circumstances of your surroundings that that paint the the movie in a bad light for you, Nate Latham. That's not the movie's like fault. Watching it on a latrine that wasn't too fun, you know. <laughs> People get to watch in a comfortable chair. Well, I was just trying to be a contrarian and not say um, a Christmas story, which is which is oh, primarily God. everyone's go to that I that I know, you know, uh, for Christmas. Uh, so overrated in my Ooh, very overrated. <laughs> We're not talking about that one. So right. uh, the one the one thing that we didn't that nobody brought up was the fact that this film was written by John Hughes. Right. And the the the, the project was put together by him. And uh, he originally brought Chris Columbus in to direct this. And that would have been crazy. Well, Chris Columbus had a meeting with Chevy Chase, and, and immediately following the meeting, he called John Hughes and said, I can't do this film. And John was like, Why not? He goes, I can't work with Chevy Chase. Wow. He goes, I will not be able to get through this film if I have to make it with him. And since Chevy Chase was already on board and Chevy Chase was a money guy at that time, uh, you know, plus it's a vacation movie, obviously. It's like they weren't yeah. going to replace him. You know, listen, as it turned out, it it turned out very well for Chris Columbus because a month later, John Hughes sent him the script for Home Alone. So Chris yeah. Columbus, Chris Columbus landed on his feet just fine. Well, yeah. and, it, and, and it's arguable. uh where Christmas Vacation lands in the pantheon of things. I mean, it's definitely subordinate to Home Alone in yeah in his in in cinema history. Right, I agree, so, I agree with you. And and, and to Latham's to Latham's point about uh, that was one of my points as well about it seems like a series of 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 comedy vignettes that they stuck together right. at least Can until I- you get until you get to like the last third of the movie and then it starts to feel like actually a coherent film that they're trying to actually steer but all those it you know they sort of allude to it a little bit with some of those interstitial shots of an advent calendar and i feel that Mm -hmm. they're trying to set up and build it on the idea that each day was a sort of different little piece of the puzzle that they were putting together and leading you into this you know the last you know which which again is another point this is one of the few Christmas films that's, you know, sort of regarded by a lot of people uh, as being their go-to Christmas film. Yeah. Um, we never get to Christmas Day. This movie ends on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Which is weird. Right. You know, which for is a really Christmas strange. movie. The whole idea with the Advent calendar, too. Uh, well, you know, the, the one thing I will say about it is, is the, you know, outside of the rant scene, which is obviously the apex of this film. The funniest scene I feel in the entire film, uh, hands down, because I feel like it's Chevy Chase being his most, I want to say natural. 
I mean, and I'm sure the scene was scripted, but it just feels like him riffing. And it feels like real Chevy Chase at the sort of prime Chevy Chase material is the scene in the in the in the, in the department store with the, with the shop girl. Yeah, that that whole and, it, and it's a very short bit, you know, until, you know, Rusty comes up and, you know, he, you know, you know, kill, kills the mood, obviously. But yes. that that whole bit is such a, a throwback to like the stuff we've already seen him sort of experience in previous vacation films but also just i mean it's classic chevy chase this being this sort of like word stumbling buffoon but come these great verbal bits yeah in these little that are faux so they're so awesome and on point and you know and then the girl they got for the shop girl was just you know just like taking it all in exactly the right way you know it was no like you know there's no it doesn't have that it didn't have a cringy feel to it even though he was being like such a buffoon about it yeah it was it kind of plays like uh like american pie where it's like one of these like lovable mistakes um and i was it was years later that i realized that that fantasy woman who is swimming in the pool that he was fantasizing was about yeah with the melikaliki laka uh yes. saw it's that that's the exact same woman that's the that was his dream yeah. girl apparently yeah for that one yeah they didn't they could it would have been funny if they could have gotten back uh christy brinkley <laughs> but um she doesn't, the movies were big enough by then they could have brought her in but i'm sure she was above it by that time yeah who knows what was going on maybe they <laughs> yeah. just didn't uh you know, maybe they just didn't want to go into it. He's busy carrying Billy Joel's luggage to his concert. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the the crazy aunt the, the crazy aunt that, that Hassan brought up, uh Mae Castell, her film career began in nineteen thirty. This is her final film. Uh her film career began in 1930. She was the original voice of Betty Boop. No. Okay. Yeah. No. And she it's had not. actually done, she had actually done the Betty Boop voice as recent as the year before this movie came out for some new Betty Boop thing that they had done. And she did the voice again for it. So she had been doing <laughs> Betty Boop since 1930 for almost for six, almost 60 years. Or sixty plus years, I should say. I mean, this, that's just a, an amazing little bit. I mean, and I mean, and dude, I mean, I, I can't. I it doesn't matter what movie he's in. I can never say enough about William Hickey. I think that William Hickey was one of the great unsung B actors. That he shows up in everything, and you just, I mean, even the voice of the of the Doctor in Nightmare Before Christmas, you totally just see him as that guy. I mean, just just hearing that voice. Yeah, just he's so awesome. I I love the uh, the the little side people that they had in this. the 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 rant is so funny because so many people think the rant uh, was an ad libbed Chevy Chase thing, and it was ad libbed to the extent that so when they shot the scene and he's standing there and you sort of you see the backs of everyone looking at him as he's going off. So apparently, all of them, everyone in the scene had a sign hanging around their neck with a word on it. And it was up to him to put it in whatever order that he felt here, you know, whatever kind of came to him. But all the words were in front of him, you know, and then obviously nice. add in and add in whatever else obviously came into his mind. Nice. I love that. Oh, my God. That moment where he dips into the eggnog and he drinks. You could see his synapses are starting to fire the yeah. wrong way. And he, he's, he's drinking the eggnog. He's like, oh, it's good. The eggnog is good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the other the other absolutely funny line that got me in this movie that I I mean listen I I laughed out loud at a couple points in this movie I have to be honest it's and like Hassan said it's not a great movie I'll probably I'll never go out of my way to watch it again but uh, there's still some there are still some funny bits in this movie I mean the part where where Eddie shows up and he's like was it a surprise Clark and he's like if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised. <laughs> just, that line, and like you said, the rubber hose line, were yeah. two that I laughed out loud at. I like the other, you know, can I get you something, Eddie? Food? Eggnog? Drive you to the coast? Leave you for dead? All those things little, like that. Yeah, and like the scene where he's at the office and all the, 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 the entourage of guys behind the boss are walking. He's like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss, kiss his ass. Exactly. <laughs> <He just started laughs> that, that again got me. Just, there's there's now certain boss- points. There are certain points in this movie that are just pure Chevy Chase gold. 
you know, because, you know, it just by the sheer amount of things, you're going to hit a few. And there, yeah. there, there are some that stick out. The one, the one funny, which I noticed in the credits as I was watching them, uh, the, 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 did you guys, did any of you guys watch through the credits at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Did you guys notice who the assistant director on this film was? No. Frank Capra's grandson. Ah! Frank Capra Frank Capper the third was the was the assistant director on this film. Not for real, just as a fake credit. No, his it grandson. Was... Yeah, oh, well. Frank okay. Capper the third. Yeah. See you later, them. We are still simpatico. Yeah. <laughs> Even still if you hate the film, we're still <laughs> call that a bad choice by the grandson, but that's fine. Oh, hey, works no work, reprieve. <laughs> yes, exactly. Can't fault the guy a for job's taking, a job, can't, dude. Can't fault the guy for taking work. Um, <laughs> yeah, the director of this film, uh, he uh, he only made a handful of films, and then he went on to do a lot of television directing. Um, but he directed some of the worst films ever. Uh, the highlight being, or low light, depending on how you look at it, being uh, the Avengers remake of the TV show. Yeah. Oof. He also wow. he also directed another the, another arguable Christmas movie. Film of all time. What is that That's like? The worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, um, he also directed the very you know if you call some things hit or miss the very miss remake of Diabolique. Oh yeah, and uh, I would say his one his one true hit film, and, I, and this is you know still calling it a hit as a, for him. Uh, he directed Benny and June. Oh. If you've never seen well, Benny and June. That's not bad. No, exactly. <laughs> Benny and June is a good film. Uh, but other than that, he went after after a couple after after the Avengers, he went into solely TV directing and and stayed there. So uh, and was very successful at it. That's all we got for vacation. Yeah. I feel so bad and, because I I got this movie sandwiched in between, you know, arguably two classics, you know, and it doesn't hold up as a Christmas movie. Like a one, it's a wonderful life, and it won't really hold. Oh, up it's in, it's as in, a comedy. It, it's indelibly a Christmas movie. I, you, you well, can't, I'm you saying, can't say it's not a Christmas movie. I'm saying seminal, like a seminal work, like it's a wonderful life as yeah, a but, seminal Christmas movie. But that's just the thing. You look online, and I mean, the same thing with a Christmas story. Like and like we both just said, a Christmas story is not a great movie, but it's become a modern version of it's a wonderful life for a lot of people as being their the Christmas movie of their childhood. You know, right. it's the movie that they grew up watching every Christmas, you know, and obviously with, you know, TNT or TBS, whoever does that 24 hours of a Christmas story. Yeah. And they've been doing that for a fucking however long. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you're I, right. I can't. All right. All right. So. I'll stand by my choice then. Damn it. Yeah, absolutely. As well. You should. <laughs> the show today folks i'm really glad you came and i hope you have a happy holiday with your family we sure are going to i miss, uh, right I now miss i'm this. going to make my own eggnog from scratch because the show is over well lay as usual you're forgetting something we need to go down the tubes and again the internet is not something that you just dump something on it's not a big truck it's, it's a series of tubes oh man You'd think this would get old after a while, but it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> That's what's really strange. It's getting right, Hassan. <laughs> it's getting right. So we'll go right into the Christmas vacation posters. Yeah, uh, we had one, essentially one official poster for this movie. Um, you know, every, it was, was used across the board internationally as well. They just changed the language, so I just included it. Uh, it's really nicely, you know, nicely painted image. It just, you know, it fits. It works. Come on, you'll crack up. That's, That's right. Brilliant. Come hey. on, guys. Hey, <laughs> oh, I, IBC, another... you will love it. <laughs> one, one, one aspect of the movie I forgot to mention. That yes. I, I would never, I would never have the soundtrack <laughs> to this film. Except that the score was done by Angelo Badalamente. I, I forgot to bring that up as the well. Strangest, strangest thing. Come on and now. He wanted. He wanted a. Um, uh, he wanted a. I forget what the what the actual verbiage was in the quote, but he wanted someone to do music for the film that was 
totally unexpected uh, for, especially for that time, for doing a theme for this kind of movie. Um, I didn't, you know, and it's funny too, because there's no, you know, having, I literally just watched this two nights ago and I, there's, I can't remember a point in the film where this music, where, where the music like stood out. Yeah. 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 It's very minimal, minimal score. It's not. The shitter was full. Did <laughs> check our shitters, Sonny. Right. Uh, I mean, you're so, not even trying with the Yule crack up line there. Okay. Come on, <laughs> that's brilliant, Latham. You just don't have a sense of humor. That's oh, that's not, that's not <laughs> we need a nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Yule crack up, <laughs> hater. So, so first up, we have a piece by Andy Fairhurst. Um, which I literally just noticed the squirrel in the lower left corner, which now makes me love this piece even more. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. This is um, good. Next is one a of piece... these posters is going to be better in the film. I'm waiting to see it. Yeah. Next is a piece by Brian Snuffer. Mm. It's an odd choice of, 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 of images because it's got the angry husband neighbor, but not Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, got Nick Guest, but not her. I don't think oh. it's it's almost like the painter didn't know the movie. You know, yeah, he picked a, these right. picked highlights, but they didn't know exactly what yeah. the significance they had. Not right. bad, not a bad composition. It's got the it's got the pipe with the shit coming out of it right above the <laughs> title. You know, and then the Wally World Nog Mug. You know, it's like he's trying to tie it, you know. Yeah, to, to wrap you know, it all up. And right. And then not, Eddie's so. Eddie's hand with the Meister Brow can. Yeah, that's yeah, it's weird. It does, it does it's a weird work. collection of images. I don't like uh, it. next is a piece by Dave Merrill. Pretty epic. It's almost like a UK quad. Yeah, it's done in that uh in that format, and it's also uh a bit a bit last supperish. Yeah. Yeah. A little too last supperish, actually. <laughs> they got Louis Dreyfus looking in the window though. That's not bad. Yeah, it's got the the, the couple next door looking in the window. Yeah. I mean it's got it's got all the elements. It's got the cat, the squirrel, the the bear's hat, the chopping the cabbage in half for the lettuce in <laughs> half. I mean it's yeah. everything. They got oh, this man. is this is a kitchen sink uh a kitchen sink yeah. poster. It, yeah. it's good. It captures it as far as I as uh, far as a fan is concerned. Next is a piece by Dave Stafford. Yeah, that's good. That's a fun one. It's a bookmark, is what it is. It is. It's a it's a it's a format that gets a kit used occasionally. Uh, it's a twelve by thirty six. Uh, format. It's a banner, right? Almost like it's a yeah, vertical banner. Yeah, in that style. Yeah, they they do them, and sometimes they do them you know, horizontally, and they'll do them as uh, almost like widescreen, as seventy millimeter widescreen. Uh, uh, screenshots, you know, and do it do it that way as opposed to doing it vertically. But yeah, and then uh, next is a piece by DKNG. Oh, that's a nice one. That's almost the same shot as the other. Yeah, yeah. This this poster actually just came out a week ago. Oh wow! In two different versions. There's a version that uh, glows in the dark. Oh, cool. Yeah, all the lights. That's good. It just oh. kind of really captures it too. Mm-hmm. All the lights in the moon all glow in the dark. So, and the and the chemical, yeah, the chemical toilet the chemical draining, toilet and the, into the, the storm drain, the burnt up uh, saucer in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fair enough. Uh, next is a piece by Haley Turnbull. Huh. All right, nice, yeah. a, a nice simple poster. You know, I, I like I like the fact that she took that direction with it. You know, just a giant blob of lights that you know forced into Christmas the shape of the, the Christmas tree. Christmas with the Griswold. What could go wrong? That's right. Uh, and then next is a, uh, a very minimalist poster <laughs> by uh, Matt Owen. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, check our shitters, honey. That's right. That's right. Uh, next is a piece by Nate Gonzalez. Yeah, weird. I don't like this one. It's like a Christmas card. Oh, right? Jesus yeah, Christ. There you go. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a Christmas card. Yeah, I don't like it. Creepy. Uh, and next is a poster by uh, Rich Davies. This works. Yeah. Just him, the wife, the like kids. The Mr. Shirley. Yep. And uh... yeah. It works. Yeah, it's got everything. Yeah, how great and is the good, fact that good color Rusty... scheme too? Yeah, and how great is the fact that in this movie that uh, that Rusty is uh, Johnny Galecki, who would go on to yeah. much much bigger things. Clearly, and Juliet Lewis, and Juliet Lewis before she became a lunatic. Yeah, she got her eyes frozen shut. <laughs> <laughs> Her eyes are frozen, Clark. <laughs> so this this next this next one, are you are you guys oh, uh, familiar with the name Thomas Kincaid? Oh yeah, yes. So Thomas Kincaid actually did this. Oh wow! As that's an ofi- as an as an official painting. That's no. brilliant, and that's like a Christmas card. And it great. looks like it's it's you know it's just like a piece you would find in his you know in his body yeah. of work. That's really neat. That is beautiful. Yeah, I, I was stunned to find this. I had no idea this even existed. Uh, and then, lastly, is a just a just a real simple image by Troy David Mill. Yeah, the Santa Claus on fire is like a classic image. Yes, at this point, yeah, this is basically the poster without Clark um, being electrocuted on the top. Yeah, he's hanging off the roof. Yeah. Which you barely see because of the way he dropped in the title. So, the title he should have moved up above the chimney line and had it sitting in the middle under, underneath Santa. Yeah, because all that negative space right there. Was, yeah, you're just drawn yeah. to nothing. Yeah, he unfortunately draws your eye to a, a dead spot. And uh, so that's Christmas Vacation. Good stuff. Classic movie. <laughs> Good Thank stuff. You. <laughs> all right. Which, uh, since we're not really doing a martini this time, uh, and listen, Christmas Vacation is 68 and 86. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. late them still technically suck it, late them, <laughs> deal with like it. Fake <laughs> 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 I had all my. I had my hell my friends review bomb it, so that's why it's a, it's got a favorable oh, score. <laughs> it's fake movie news. Um, fake uh, news. On a, on a side note, something I found on YouTube yesterday when I was bouncing around looking at in my Timothy Oliphant uh, wormhole, uh, mm-hmm. I discovered um, that Variety has done these things called actors on actors videos. Okay. And and it's just two actors sitting in chairs facing each other, talking to each other about their recent films. Um, So they've got a couple of them that that showed up immediately. One was Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, which is, you know, I watch Scarlett Johansson read the phone book, for God's sake. Uh, And the other I feel about Amelia Clark, but you guys poo pooed me. (laughs) I like Amelia Clark. Um, I I talk about last Christmas and you guys. There, oh, well, that's the movie. It was a, a collective yeah. shrug from the yeah. two of you. <laughs> that's right. It was a very collective shrug. Um, but the other one, which I watched all the way or listened to all the way through, really interesting to hear these two guys talk together. Um, Adam Sandler and Brad Pitt. Wow. Okay. Yeah. About... These, I mean, and these guys have known each other forever. They just, you know, they don't. They just, you know, their their paths generally don't really cross. But um, because Sadler's talking about uncut gems and um, Brad Pitt had uh, Ad Astra and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that uh, so that because because kind of Adam Sandler talks to Brad Pitt about his movies and then Brad Pitt talks to Adam Sandler about uncut gems and like, you know, his kind of stuff. So um it's right. funny, and uh, you know, how, there's a great there's a great bit in it where 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 Sandler mentions because you know the Brad Pitt says that you know watching him in Uncut Gems is you know he just thought you know his performance was amazing, and Adam Sandler was just like you know was it was effusive in the fact that like hearing hearing Brad say that about his performance means more than like every other critical review of the film, 
you know, and, you know, he was like, hearing you say that means more to me than, you know, than everyone, you know, than, than winning awards for it. He was like, cause I would rather that my own peers see it and appreciate what I did. than you know, I, I worry about appeasing the masses. So it was, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation between the two of them. Okay. Sure. Sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yes, apparently logical. There's all, logical apparently logical. there's also one with uh, Shia LaBeouf and Kristen Stewart. But uh, mm. as much as I love Kristen Stewart, I fucking hate Shia LaBeouf, and I I can't. I don't know that I can sit and and listen to him talk for forty minutes. Yeah, these recent allegations are gonna put him put him. To be done. Yeah, he's a fucking dude. Oh, he's got allegations against him now. Yeah, for abusing yeah. girlfriend physically and emotionally. Yeah. He just he's scum. Just being it. a fucking twat. Where which is, is which is too bad. He's his career is such a roller coaster of like positives and negatives. It's like he's done. He does all this stuff, and then he goes and does something incredibly stupid or, you know, something comes out and, you know, it's just like, no, this guy's a bad guy. And then he goes down and then he disappears for a year or so. Then he comes back and he has like a whole slew of like immensely critically acclaimed films, not only necessarily that he was involved acting in, but like some involved were like him writing and whatnot. And then all of a sudden this stuff all rears its head again about abuse allegations and all this other stuff, dark shit about his personal life. And so now it's just going to put him down in the fucking hole again, you know, and it's just, yeah. just too, it's just too bad. You know, that he can't just live his life like a, you know, a decent human being and, you know, he'd be much further along. True. Yeah. yeah some, he just got, you know, he just became a narcissist and here we are. So now. Uh, uh, well, are we going to wrap we're gonna wrap it up, Stevie. I gotta go shopping, believe it or not. So Oh boy. Oh. What do you what do you go shopping on Christmas Eve? Yeah, I do it every year, Hassan, because I'm an idiot. I'm going to Barnes and Noble. Just declare war on Christmas. That's it's much easier on the wallet. <laughs> now oh, the yeah, downside yeah. is you don't get presents. <laughs> but you know, it's still Two things left for my daughter. I know where they are. So, all right, awesome. Good luck. All righty. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, you guys have a very merry Christmas. And uh, you too, Latham. You too, pal. All right. Well, while you're out today, uh, buy me something nice. Um, <laughs> got it. Already right, did actually. Thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can also follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Latham Conger, myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and toy delivery engineer, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.